Hey guys, my name is Dan. Welcome to the Dan Everett Podcast. This podcast is aimed at encouraging you in life, leadership, faith, and more. Please hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast to keep up to date. Today, here's a one-off episode for you to listen to. So today we are talking about a subject that is not the easiest. We are talking about the topic of depression. And I love that we're part of a church that's willing to look at subjects like this. Um, But I don't think I've ever actually sat in a church service and listened to a, a message on depression. So hopefully by the end of this, we won't all be depressed. But we're going through this Life as a Roller Coaster series talking about the ups and the downs of life and we're tackling real issues. And I'm part of the pastoral team here um, at church. Uh, I oversee the students and young adults. And one thing that we see over and over again is this struggle um, in the past or currently with mental health and depression. Um, And so I think it's an important thing for us to discuss it today. Amen? Awesome. Uh, I want to read some headlines I've seen in the last couple of weeks uh, in the news. Uh, Mental health fears for school children. Uh, Wentworth Miller, who played the lead in Prison Break, uh, reveals depression. Coronation Street's Beverly Callard, hopeful of beating depression. Kelly Holmes backs mental health campaign after her own battle with depression. Postnatal depression is very real. Young people are growing ever more depressed. Is modern life to blame? And suicide. Northern Ireland has UK's highest rate for the second year in a row, which is actually followed very closely by Scotland. It's about 16 people in 100,000 every year. And so according to studies, it's actually uh, more likely um, for women, two or three times more likely to be treated for mental health problems. Not clear why this is. It's probably because guys don't like talking about their feelings. Um, About a quarter of the British population uh, will experience some problem with mental health in a year. And the most common is a mixed anxiety and depression disorder, which affects about 9% of the population, which is a lot. Depression affects around 22% of men and 28% 8% of women over the age of 65 and 20% of teenagers may experience a mental health problem in any given year. So if we're honest, this is an issue and it's not an issue that's going away and I think actually unless something seriously changes, it's an issue that's going to increase and society is not very good at talking about mental health and neither is the church. And so there's this sort of stigma around mental health problems and depression. And so today, hopefully, there's going to be grace 
and humility as we look at this complex issue of mental health. And we find that it's not actually spelled out in the Bible. And so as I've been looking at this, I realize this isn't an answer to all the issues or all the questions, but this is probably a start to the conversation. And so it may raise more questions than answers, and that's okay. And so today, if you're visiting and you're struggling with mental health problems, welcome to church. We love having you here. If you're a regular attender and you struggle with mental health problems, it's so good to have you here. We love you. And so depression is not something that I'm a complete stranger to. I have had both family members and friends struggle deeply with depression. And actually, myself as well, I've struggled with depression for about nine years. Um, And perhaps there's been different seasons where it's been worse than other seasons. And the last two years have been particularly hard. And so this is something that I've struggled with myself, I'm trying to work through. This is something that I'm living in currently. And so it's affected my relationships, it's affected my work. Um, And so even actually in a week's time, I'm able to have some time off to help recover from that. But I want to share my story with you, not so you feel sorry for me, not to get attention, not to compare my struggles with your struggles, but so that you can have hope and so you know that I'm a person sharing today who is a fellow sailor in the storms of life. And so I'm not a psychiatrist and I'm not an expert on mental health, Um, but here's some things I want to share with you that's helped me and hopefully will help us as a church as well. Uh, I've got a list of resources that will be available at the bookstall afterwards, of websites, of books, things that have helped me as I've looked at this uh, topic of depression. So throughout the Life is a Roller Coaster series, we've looked at the Psalms, uh, and they've helped us understand the highs and the lows of life. And so today the message is in four parts. First, we'll look at the reality of depression. Then we'll look at some of the warning signs. And then we can look at how we can shift our mindset about depression. And then, so that we don't feel too depressed by then, we will look at the hope that we have in God when it comes to depression. So we're looking at Psalm 43 today. So if you've got your Bibles, please turn there. If you've got an app, please open it. Um, But it'll also, also be on the screen behind me. And we'll look at see what God has to say about this theme of depression. And let me pray, because I need help, and we all need help with this. Uh, Father God, I thank you that we get to come here today and we get to worship you. Today, you are God. You're never changing. You are so loving. And I thank you that you know every person here today. And as we discuss this topic of depression, would you bring hope? Would you bring peace and joy? And would you bring healing? God, we love you. And so we just want to be open to what you want to do today. So Lord, would you open our hearts? Would you open our ears and open our eyes? Would you help me to share and help us all of us to hear what you want to say to us today? In Jesus' name, amen. So Psalm 43. Vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God 
my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So this is a psalm written by the sons of Korah. And these are some of Israel's worship leaders. And you sort of get a sense and a feeling from this psalm that the theme of this is depression. You can sort of feel the bewilderment, uh, the anxiety, the, the discursion and sadness communicated in this psalm. And so the first thing we want to look at is that the struggle is real. So start, let me read a couple of verses again. Psalm 43, 1, 2, and verse 5. Uh, Vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Verse 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Have you noticed this in life that we can sometimes face challenges? Yeah? And so sometimes these are external things, uh, but sometimes uh, they're circumstantial, but sometimes they are also internal struggles that we have as well. And you see the psalmist asking, why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? And you see, depression is an oppressive enemy. It tries to smother you. And so it's important for us to begin by trying to understand what depression is, the causes of it, and how you recognize it. So it's quite hard to try and define depression, but it's been said that depression is the common cold of the emotions. And for different people, their experiences of depression are different. Different reasons that they're depressed, different experiences for different people. There's a whole spectrum of depression and mental health, from mild depression, moderate depression, severe depression. It's like an ache in our soul. And so if you've experienced depression, you know it's sort of always there behind the scenes. There are seasons when it's stronger and maybe more obvious, and there are seasons where it's weaker, but you never know when it's going to strike. And so maybe a helpful way that I found is that describing depression as a bruise in your mind. And so sometimes, you know, you walk along, you, you, you hit your arm on something, and you realize where a bruise has come from. You know that's the cause of it. But sometimes you wake up and you, where did these bruises come from? You're not sure. Um, maybe you've been playing sports or something, you're like, I don't remember being kicked there. And so it's, depression is kind of similar. Uh, there isn't necessarily one cause. It's not always obvious uh, about why uh, depression strikes. But I remember when I started uh, struggling with depression, probably about nine years ago now, um, it was, I remember waking up one day and I had a spasm in my jaw and it made, made me not be able to open my jaw. It was painful. Uh, it, was, uh, it was uncomfortable uh, constantly. And so over time, that felt like it wore, wore me down mentally. Um, and I remember from, from since that point, I remember now going through these different times of depression. But it can be from a variety of things or a combination of different things. Uh, so it could be circumstantial. It could be from long-term stress, an illness, uh, relationship strain, financial strain, could be any of these things or none of these things. It could be actually biological, different chemicals or hormones in our body that are imbalanced and not how they're supposed to be. 
it's sometimes like a bruise. We're not even sure where it has come from. So the causes of depression are different, uh, but also then that means that the cures are kind of different for different people as well. We're, we're physical beings. We are emotional beings, some of us. Uh, we're psychological beings. We're spiritual beings. Um, and therefore, there are many things that can help and we can do to get help with depression. One of the ways that's great is counseling, uh, to be able to meet someone, to talk, talk about the deep stuff in life, uh, to work through how you're feeling, why you feel that way, what's gone on in your past. A great support that we have as a church is uh, pastoral support. There's a pastoral team, and on every Thursday, there's opportunities to meet one of them uh, specifically. Uh, so if you want to do that, talk through some of this stuff or talk through something else that's going on in your life, um, simply just fill out one of the welcome cards uh, and hand that in or actually give the uh, office a phone during the week and you'll be able to meet someone to talk that through speaking to someone is really important uh, exercise is really good for you if you're struggling with depression I'm not, not very good at that or he eating healthily uh, these things are really helpful as well when you think about mental illness the clue is a little bit in the name that is something that you're unwell with and so there is a really, really, really controversial question when it comes to depression and mental health. Should a Christian take antidepressants? Should a Christian take medication for their, their problem? And if you read in the Bible, there isn't many verses on antidepressants. <laughs> I've not found one yet. Uh, I have tried, to, I've looked. Um, and so the Bible doesn't say, and so... That means it's not necessarily a black or white situation. Okay? And so the first thing to think about when you think about medication is that we trust God for our healing. First and foremost. I know that sometimes God instantly heals people. We pray for people and they're healed instantly and it is awesome. And we celebrate that and we believe for that. We pray for physical healings but also for mental health problems as well. However, sometimes God will use doctors and medication as well to heal. And so sometimes actually it is okay for you to go to the doctors and ask for help. And God will use that to bring healing in your life. Because I want to show you something. It may surprise you. This is my antidepressants. This is citalopram. It's 20 milligram dose. And I take one every day. I've been on them for a few months. And actually, it does help. And so actually, it may be right for you to think about that, to pray about that. And if you, start, if you decide that's the right thing, you don't trust the medicine to make you better. You trust God and to use that as you go. And so it takes time and care for bruises to go. So sometimes it's not always overnight that they disappear. But like physical injuries, what happens if you leave them alone? They get worse. And so if you try and carry on and ignore stuff, then actually it could make it worse. And so it's important that you talk about how you're feeling. Don't ignore what's going on under the surface in your life. Especially guys, you're rubbish at it. I'm rubbish at it, I know that. And so it's something I'm trying to work on, to be able to speak about what's going on, how we're feeling inside. It's important to be honest about what's going on inside of us. And so sometimes we bury how we feel. We don't deal with issues in our life. Whether it's depression and stuff like that, or whether it's something completely different, we don't want to address the issue. But what happens is that we bury it. And when you bury something, you have to make sure it's dead. Otherwise, it'll come back. Anyone seen The Revenant? 
you don't want that to happen to you. So deal with things. Make sure it is dealt with before you bury it. Um, the seminars that are coming up, so we've got a seminar with Rob Waller, who's a psychiatrist, who's an expert in mental health, works for the NHS, but actually he's also a Christian and it has that great combination of medical expertise, but also uh, faith insight as well. So it'd be really important to come on to that seminar on guilt that he's doing, uh, which is in a couple of weeks' time. And even in a couple of weeks' time beyond that, we have Dave Thompson, who's a pastor and a counselor uh, at Destiny Church in Glasgow. He's coming to do a seminar going from desolation to consolation, how to get through the dark periods in your life. So there'll be more details about that coming up soon, um, but that will be great to be part of as well. So I believe that the Bible isn't silent on depression. See, there are many Psalms uh, and places in the Bible where we could go to look at the feelings and the, describe the different aspects of depression. And why does it do that? Because I think that Christians can struggle with depression as much as anybody. And that's a bit of a misconception. Surely you just have to be strong in faith. You have to be just, just get through stuff. But actually sometimes that's not how it is. Christians can struggle with these things. I love superhero films. Has anyone seen Batman vs. Superman? Uh, I'm looking forward to some of the new Marvel ones coming out as well. Um, but I, I, I'm a geek. I'm unashamed. I don't care what you think about that. So, um, but you know what? Something about Superman is that he doesn't bleed. You know, he can't get hurt by bullets and things like that. And so sometimes as Christians, we act like Superman. Things in life doesn't affect us. Which, it does. Um, the sons of Korah wrote this psalm. It was a song for public worship, for public prayer. At least a third of the Psalms are laments of people feeling down and low. And you see people of faith throughout the Bible struggle with really low moments of suicidal thoughts. Here, here are a few of the people, and you can look up the references later. Uh, there's Moses, Elijah, um, Job, Jeremiah, Jonah, Paul and Timothy. Each of these guys went through really low moments in their life. And even in church history, there are people who struggle deeply with depression. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, who's maybe known as a, the prince of preachers, and loads of people quote him because he's really wise. Um, he struggled deeply with depression throughout his whole life. John Knox, who was a Scot the Scottish reformer who changed Scotland he struggled with depression. He thought he was such a failure towards the end of his life. Martin Luther, who helped with the Reformation in Europe. Uh, John Bunyan, who wrote great works of uh, Christian literature, including the Pilgrim's Progress. Each of these people struggled with bouts of depression. And so the truth is, you can love Jesus and still struggle with depression. But life is hard and we can face enemies in this life. And so we have to be careful not to let these circumstances become our identity. Uh, Perry Noble, who is a pastor in America and openly struggles with depression, said this about finding our identity. We need to learn as followers of Jesus to refuse to identify ourselves by who we used to be or what we happen to be going through right now. When we say, I am something, we're identifying who we are. 
And so I try not to say, I am a depressed person. Rather, the way I try and view it and view myself is that I am a child of God who struggles with depression. There's a slight difference there. My go-to point is who God says I am, not how I feel, not what circumstances tell me, but how God views me. And I think that this is maybe part of where the stigma comes from with mental health and depression. Because with these things, it's actually your brain that's not working as it should be. And so it attacks our identity more because it feels like you're fighting yourself. And so you feel out of control, you feel it's not something external, you can point to that, it's actually that I'm fighting, is this how I'm supposed to feel, is this me, is this right? And you feel like it's your fault, it is not your fault. It is not your fault. Your chemistry is not your character and your illness is not your identity. You guys with me so far? Yeah, is this, is this all right? Cool. Um, so that's sort of the, the, the reality of the struggle of depression. And we'll go back into the psalm in a bit. There's a few more things I want us to look at. Um, and this is uh, the warning signs of depression. How do you recognize depression? And so let's look at the feelings associated, the thoughts and the actions associated uh, with depression. First of all, feelings. How does depression affect the way that you feel? Maybe one of the most common things with depression, mostly associated with it, is overwhelming sadness. Uh, Psalm 43 verse 5 says, uh, the psalmist writes, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? C.S. Lewis uh, wrote that mental pain is less dramatic than physical pain, but it's more common and also more hard to bear. The frequent attempt to conceal mental pain increases the burden. It is easier to say my tooth is aching than to say my heart is broken. And depression often feels like a constant broken heart. And I really want to make a dif- to differentiate between something, to differentiate between depression and sadness. Uh, because uh, actually there is a slight difference because if something happens in your life, if you suffer bereavement or a loss of job or something in your life happens like that, it is normal to feel sad about it. It is natural, it is right that you feel sad about that. But if it's sort of a, a it can continues and it feels like you're stuck in that run, actually you no longer enjoy things that you enjoy, like going to the cinema or having dinner with friends. If it gets to that point, then actually it can sort of transition into, from not just sadness, but into uh, depression in that time. It, so that's overwhelming sadness is one of the identifiers of that. Also anger, not just, uh, just obvious anger, but sometimes simmering anger under the surface. You're easily frustrated, uh, irritable, um, and so it can cause you to lash out irrationally. And maybe one of the hardest uh, feelings to, to fight, maybe that's why we, stop, we don't talk about depression, is that there's a feeling of worthlessness, that nobody can like you. There's an agenda behind what people say or what people do. And so it makes it harder to talk about because you feel that you're not worth talking about. 
which isn't true, but you feel that you're not worth caring about. And so do you compare yourself to others? Well, they've got it worse than I do. How could I talk about my feelings? They must be really struggling. Therefore, I won't share what's going on with me. You see, the truth is that pain is pain. No matter what form it comes in, whether it's obvious pain or whether it's not, so worthlessness as well, but also hopelessness that things are just going to get worse, that there's no hope for the future or you don't look forward to anything. Um, and also, one of the commonly things that is linked to depression is anxiety. Depression and anxiety come very hand in hand uh, many times. And so you may suffer from anxiety attacks or panic attacks, and you feel emotionally weak, uh, like you're drowning got a beating heart well like everyone's got a beating heart right you're alive but like pounding heart okay <laughs> um, I remember a few weeks ago uh, at church I was just having a conversation with one of my friends in the cafe and I just felt this wave of anxiety come over me and I had to come and sit down here and I just couldn't I just had no strength whatsoever I just felt so overwhelmed and I wasn't the same for the rest of the day and so actually it just strikes when you don't even expect it even in church and so things like this they don't make sense you know how it's supposed to be but it doesn't seem that way and uh, one of probably maybe one of the most important ones we need to talk about which is challenging to talk about is the feeling of suicidal and um, if depression has gone unchecked it can lead to this feeling and I know some of you have lost friends, some of you lost family and it is devastating and it is it is difficult and that's okay it is, it is difficult and so it can be really hard to understand and maybe unless you've walked in those shoes of those feelings and those thoughts then it is really hard or maybe impossible to understand someone who feels like that where you feel that the only way out of mental pain is uh, physical pain self-harm and that can lead to uh, suicide um, I, I, and if, I, if I'm honest I've had nights where I felt tormented by this feeling these thoughts uh, not being able to sleep and sometimes even during the day as well um, so but you know if you're having thoughts of harming yourself or or suicidal thoughts please let someone know please let someone know take the power out of it by talking about it this is a church where we love you and we want you to do well. We also recognize that sometimes we feel overwhelmed. I know these sort of thoughts and feelings, they're not foreign to the Bible. If you look up those, those people that I mentioned earlier in the Bible, Moses, Elijah, these guys, they had these sorts of thoughts and these feelings. So it's not foreign to the Bible. It's not foreign to people of faith in what God doesn't condemn. See, he can handle it and he will be there with tender grace. And so you also can feel like a failure because you should know better. <laughs> you know, I'm trying the best I can, but I'm still struggling. You feel like you've let yourself down, your family down, your church down, you've let God down, which isn't true, but it's maybe how you feel. So that's some of the ways it's deep, it's heavy. I realize that for a Sunday morning, it's probably not what you wanted to talk about this morning but actually it's important that we do because
because I know some of you struggle with this. So it affects how you, how you feel, but also affects your thoughts. Your thoughts can feel like they're out of control. Uh, like you feel you're feeling pulled into a, a dark hole. And so sometimes actually your thoughts are either has to, something has to be perfectly right or actually otherwise it's completely wrong. So there's a sense of perfectionism. Things have to be black or white. And that uh, creates anxiety if it's not uh, quite right. You start to think through a filter as well. Um, and so everything that you hear goes through this filter. Uh, like, so if someone says, I love you, they, they, then your first thoughts against that is, you know, I, I doubt that. You know, I, I question that. And it's a filter, there's a false filter that we hear things through. And also there's sort of a, an element of you feel that you can mind read. You know what people are thinking, you know what people are saying. Um, and that's difficult to deal with. But with your thoughts, you do get better at dealing with it. As you learn to recognize unhealthy thoughts, unhealthy thought patterns, you can learn to take your thoughts captive. And there's a whole range of different techniques that can help with that, um, that's possible to help you there. Which we don't have time to look at today, but they're very helpful. Um, so that's the way that depression can affect your thoughts, but also that depression can affect your actions. And simple things become very hard to do your mind is mush uh, it feels like you're sort of like running in a race and the mud is up to your waist and you're just trying to get through and some days are better than other days uh, sometimes uh, the mud is only up to your feet so you can go quite well it's a good day but then sometimes it feels like it's up to your neck and you're just trying to struggle to breathe and trying to find some energy and so quite often people who, who struggle with depression know what to do but completely lack the strength to do it nine times out of ten and that includes uh, cooking dinner, uh, doing the dishes, uh, getting kids dressed, which may be a challenge all the time, I'm not sure. I don't have kids yet. So, um, but actually, you can find it really difficult concentrating on things, whether it's work or, or even on a conversation with somebody. Um, and so speaking to people can become a chore, can become hard. Um, and if someone asks you what, to, what they can do to help, you're not even sure what they can because you're not sure yourself. And so because of that, depression quite often leads to withdrawal, leads to isolation, um, where it actually becomes easier to spend time just by yourself. And you know that's not good because you don't want to spend more time with your head because you're having all these thoughts and you're like, I don't want that. But at the same time, I don't have the energy or the strength to, to be around people and so you're trapped. And so that's sort of how it affects you. And so there's a loss, also a loss of interest you know, you, the stuff that you're really passionate about, you know you love some stuff, um, but now you, you couldn't care less about it. Your heart's just not in it. And so it feels like there's a sort of a black hole. When something good happens, it sort of sucks the, the joy and the pleasure out of it. And so depression puts out of commission uh, the very things that can help. So hopefully that's uh, somewhat helpful uh, for us to try and get our heads around what depression is. Um, but to sort of help with trying to remove this, this stigma of mental health and uh, depression, let's look at two, two mindset shifts that we can have as a church and as individuals when it comes to uh, these, these things. Is there anyone here on Instagram? Any Instagrammers? Don't be shy. So Instagram is a social media photo sharing website and app 
and it's great, I love it. You'll see lots of my selfies and things on it if you go online. Um, not really, but kind of. But um, one, thing, one of the features of Instagram is that when you take a photo, you want to share it to all your friends or your family. And what you can do, you can put these filters on them. And what these filters do, they make them look better than they actually are. Okay, so people get really jealous of what you're up to. And so we take photos of our tasty food. We take photos of beautiful sunsets, uh, the people that we're with, um, like brick walls and stuff, which <laughs> I just don't understand why people do that. But it's cool, so you should do it. Um, and so everybody sees these things. Everybody sees these amazing adventures that you're having, all your highlights. I think maybe the problem with social media and Instagram and things like that is that nobody really sees the other stuff, the stuff you don't choose to share because that's where your insecurity is. We come to church, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, and maybe some of you are as well. Maybe you can relate to this. But we're talking to our friends, our family, and we share our highlights. How was your week? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, Fake smile. Nobody knows the struggles you've had this week. Nobody knows how you actually are. And so sometimes we put on this filter, even in a place where it's safe, we put on this filter to try and present ourselves better than we actually are doing. So it is okay not to be okay. And uh, if you look at my, my phone and look at my music, uh, my music taste is probably a bit embarrassing. Um, however, there is one guy, Professor Green, which I'm not sure if he's a real professor or not. However, he says something that I find quite helpful. I think it's sort of accurate to how we act. And uh, it says that you've seen me smile, now you're gonna have to see me hurting because pretending everything is all right when it ain't really isn't working. How true is that? We try and pretend that everything is all right, but it's not. And so there's a lie by the devil and it's so subtle and it is this, that you are the only one who feels like you do. You are the only one who struggles like you do. It is not true. See, it is okay not to be okay. It is okay to struggle. It is okay to have a hard day. It is okay to have a hard week or a year. It is okay to sometimes feel overwhelmed. It is okay not to have your life totally sorted. It is okay to sometimes feel like things are just falling apart. It is okay to come to church and be you. No filter, no mask. Isn't that the church we want to be? Yeah, how amazing would that be? So permission to be human. It is okay not to be okay. Why don't you turn someone next to you, look them in the eyes and tell them it is okay not to be okay. So it is okay not to be okay. So that's one mindset shift that we need to have, that actually we can be honest, not have this filter on us. And so I think one of the, the next mindset shift is that actually we're better together, which isn't a political statement, but I think it's very important. 
So some of you, nobody knows what your struggles are. No, nobody else here knows. Uh, and if we look in the Bible and we go right to the very start in Genesis, we see that God creates the world and it's awesome. It is paradise. And God creates the, the stars, the, the planets. He creates the birds and the animals. And then he creates uh, man. And, you know, it's all good. And then some, God looks at his creation and he says, in Genesis 2, he says, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. God says it's not good for man to what? It's not good for man to be alone. We were made for community. We were made to do life together. We need help to get through life. Men need help. Amen? Women need help. Amen? And so actually, admitting you need help is not weakness. It's admitting that you're human like the rest of us and so if you're struggling with depression or you know someone who is uh, whatever challenge you're facing don't ignore it talk about it do life together we are better together and that's why we run small groups uh, so we can do ups and downs of life together i know what studies confirm that those who struggle with mental health challenges simply do better in religious communities so being at church attending small group is good for your health. Isn't that awesome? You get health benefit from just being here today. Um, and so when we do life together, it affects us. And so the reality is, uh, with depression, it doesn't just affect the person suffering. Uh, and it's not the person's fault, but depression also affects those around them as well. It's the nature of the beast. And so that's why it's so important to work together in overcoming. And so if you have someone uh, close to you that's struggling, that's suffering, and, and you know it's affecting you, it is okay for you not to be okay as well with that. And so please get help with that. Please talk about it. I know uh, when me and Emily are hanging out that actually if I'm having a bad day with this sort of stuff, then it affects her as well. And so we know when we do life together that things rub off on one of us. But actually, it's so much better to do things together. Church is messy. Because it's full of messy people. Like me. And you. And, but may it be a, a place where we run to. In our hard times, not run from. So we see that this, this struggle is real. That, yeah, we can do this together. So the struggle is real. But... Our hope is real. And so there have been times where I felt, at times where I've been hanging on to, to faith, to life, with my fingertips. Just like on the edge of a cliff trying to hold on. And you know, wondering what's going on, wondering what is God doing in all of this? Uh, but, but the truth is that when it comes to something like faith, we don't hold God up. He holds us up. And so the reason I'm standing here, the reason I'm even able to share today is because Jesus has been my anchor in all of this. So let's go back to, to Psalm 43. Let's look at a few things from there that will hopefully help us in understanding how we have hope in this day. So Psalm 43, verses 1 and 2, there's a few things that it says about God. Uh, vindicate me, my God. Rescue me. 
you are God, my stronghold. You see, the psalmist is coming to God because he knows that's where his help is. He doesn't necessarily feel it, but he knows that's where it is, that he's the one who will protect me. He's the one who is my stronghold. And so we can't always trust our feelings. They change every day. They change every hour. They change in the last two minutes. And so we need to choose to put our full trust in God. And it's the only way, I believe, that we find joy and peace and depression. Uh, feelings aren't bad. You know, they can indicate if something's not quite right. But we don't put them above living by faith. And so we must learn to trust God over our feelings. So I want us to look at three ways where uh, we can, that God gives us hope in the midst of depression and, and whatever else you're going through. Um, so we're looking at our past hope, our present hope, and our future hope. see as we thought about uh, Genesis in the beginning, uh, God creates mankind to have this amazing relationship with him. But then comes the fall. Then comes the rejection of God by man. That's bad news because that separates us from God. And that causes pain. That causes us uh, wars to happen because of the sin. It causes illness, physical illness, mental illness. Everything is affected by sin and the fall. And so that means things are broken. Our bodies are broken. We eventually die. also means that our minds are broken as well. They're not perfect. And so God loved this world so much that, that he decided not to leave us in that state. And this is good news. Because hundreds of years after the sons of Korah wrote this psalm, God sent Jesus to come and live as a man, to go through suffering, to go through troubles and trials in this life. And eventually we remembered again at Easter a couple of weeks ago that Jesus died on that cross. He died to gain victory over sickness, over illness, over sin, and over death itself. And God raised him from the dead. You see, Jesus uh, in Luke chapter 4 sort of writes about why he's come. Uh, he's speaking to a synagogue and he quotes from the Old Testament. I want to read this, this sort of mission statement from Jesus to why he's here. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent, sent, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the tenant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were on him. He began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. See, Jesus has come to save us. He's come to heal us. He's come to restore us. He has come to set the captives free and he's come to release those who are oppressed. Uh, Zach Eswine, who's a, who wrote a book called Spurgeon's Sorrows, uh, which looks at the uh, Spurgeon's struggle with depression, uh, said that the effective, effectiveness of God's promise does not depend on our ability to feel it or see it. Just as a captive's hope for rescue depends not on her ability to recognize her rescuer or to reach out, but on the soldier's ability to remove what binds her and carry her to safety. The promise itself and the one who made it secure its anchor. 
even though at times we ourselves seem abandoned to the waves and tossed helplessly in our boats. There's a, a great song uh, called Nothing But The Blood and in it, it goes like this, that, that what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And so if you're looking for answers, if you're looking for, for, for hope, you're looking for wholeness in life, that joy, that peace, it's only found in Jesus Christ. And so maybe today you're not yet a Christian and you're wondering, I, I've got questions, I've got, I'm trying to find something. And you know what? This is what you're looking for. And at the end, we'll, 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 I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you want to pray that prayer and just say yes to Jesus, to, say yes to, to him being your Lord and Savior, we can do that at the end. We'll have that opportunity. It is the best decision of your life. And so Jesus brings us hope. He came 2,000 years ago to bring us hope for those who are struggling with depression. And so we have a present hope as well. You know, the, the question is, what do we do when the darkness strikes? First thing is, persevere. Psalm 43, verse 2 says, You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? See, we can feel far from him, abandoned by him. The thing is, God has never failed you. And he's not about to start now. Has anyone ever been to Perth? Perth is my hometown. Perth, Scotland, not Perth, anywhere else. Um, so uh, a little while ago, I was uh, in Perth, and I was getting the train back to Edinburgh. And I was pretty tired, and I got on the train, and there was nobody else in the carriage. <laughs> what a win. Um, <laughs> had it to myself, which is awesome. I, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm really a people person. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I was in sort of that one of those moods. Um, and the train came out of the station and just outside Perth as you're coming uh, to, on the track to Edinburgh there is a tunnel uh, which takes usually about three seconds to go through however on this occasion as we entered the tunnel I realised that none of the lights in the carriage were working and so we entered this tunnel and it was pitch black and I just felt like I was in a horror film like I'm sitting on this train completely by myself I've not seen anybody else and it's sort of like you just feel like something's going to come along the carriage. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty terrified. Um, but you know what? We were still going. We were still moving. I couldn't see where we were going, but we were still going somewhere. And so there was somebody at the front of the train, the driver, and he knew where we were going. He could see ahead. And so I actually, I had to just sit there. I couldn't do anything about it. I had to sit there and let him take me through. And so quite often, we don't always see what God is doing. And so we have to sometimes sit in the dark and persevere and trust him that he knows where we're going. So hold on, keep going, keep persevering. Light is coming. So in this, in this place of, of darkness, if you feel in that place, then are we apathetic? Well, one thing to do is seek his presence. In Psalm 43, verse 3, it says, Send me your light, your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them, let, let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. 
the psalmist is requesting God's help, God's light. He wants to go to the place where God is, where he dwells. And throughout the, the Bible, we see this um, theme of darkness and light. And one of the most helpful verses that I found for me as I've been uh, uh, traveling through depression is in Psalm 139. <coughs> it says, If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Tell someone next to you, God's not afraid of the dark. God is not afraid of the dark. He is not afraid of your darkness, the darkness of the world, whatever it is, he is not afraid of the dark. And God's presence is what we need. We need his light, whatever stage in life we're at. It's okay to ask why. It's okay to ask why does God allow depression? We don't always get the answer to our but our hope is not the absence of regret. Our hope is not the absence of uh, doubt. Our hope is not the absence of misery. Our hope is the presence of Jesus. His presence is greater than our problems. His grace is sufficient. His love is enough. And that is what we need. We need his presence. We need him. And so I've recently realized as I've been going through this that more than ever, my need for him. And so if you struggle with or, or whatever it is, allow it to be a constant reminder that you need to stay close to God rather than just letting it be like an annoying pain that plagues you. Help it push you towards God. And God gives us the strength to keep going. Seek his presence. And the third thing we do when the darkness strikes is that we worship. In our psalm, the psalmist talks to, to their own soul. He says, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. And so the psalmist speaks truth to his own soul. Even though he doesn't necessarily feel it, he knows what is true. And so it's a powerful lesson and something that we need to learn to worship even in the tough times, to put our hope in God, even if sometimes we don't feel it, because God is still good. And the gospel is still true. God never changes. And so let's keep worshiping him, seeking him in the hard times. And it gives us right perspective of God and our troubles. And so in the midst of it, we have this past hope, we have this present, and it may not always feel like it, but we have a future hope. Our troubles are temporary. You see, even though it may be difficult to feel it or understand it, that depression is temporary. It won't last. And it may feel hopeless for the time being. Like there'll be no, but it's not permanent. It's not your identity. It's not who you are. It's not who you will be. It's temporary, even if it lasts our whole lifetime. God reveals in Revelation to the Apostle John about the future that God has for all those who trust him. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 7 says this. 
this is John speaking. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, or depression, or anxiety, or any of these things, for the old order of away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, to the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be. You see, with depression, these things, the struggle is real, but there is real hope. It is okay not to be okay, but you don't have to do it alone. And we can have hope because Jesus has come to set the captive release those who are oppressed. And we can have hope because God is not afraid of the dark. And we have hope because in the midst of it, this, the pain, the earthly pain of this life is temporary compared to the eternal life we find in God. Amen? Well, let's, let's pray together as we close. I'll just take a moment just to pray back uh, your own response to God. And there, there's, as people are doing that, there's two groups of people that I want to pray for. One group is those who struggle with depression. And I know I'm probably not alone. And there's probably other people, and I may know, I may not know. Other people may know, other people may not. And so I want to pray for people who struggle with depression or struggle, uh, or some, they know someone who struggles with depression. So let's all pray together um, in that time. But first I want to pray, if you are not yet a Christian and you, you've heard what I've been talking about today, and you say, actually, I want to know Jesus. I want to follow him. Then that is, that is actually even more important than the stuff we're going to pray about depression. It's that eternal salvation we're talking about. And that's the most important thing that you'll have heard today. And so I want to I pray a prayer. And if this is you, if you're saying, wow, okay, I want to decide today to follow Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer and simply just pray it back to God. Use the words as your words. So I'm going to pray it slowly so that you hear. So this is you, let's pray. Uh, Dear Lord God, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you see me and you know me. Thank you that you forgive me. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me and you rose again from the dead. Today I choose to follow you. 
I choose to put my trust in you. Help me to do this. Amen. So while everyone else is praying, if that was you, I'd love to pray for you um, before we pray for uh, And so if that was you, why don't you give me a little wave? I'll wait for a second. And if that was you, you prayed that prayer, you said yes to Jesus for the first time. Would you give me a little wave? And I'd love to pray for you. anyone there that wants to pray that prayer we've got some friends at the side here they're going to be waiting at the back um, and if you want to chat to them they'd love to chat chat to you um, or if there's going to be some leaders at the end at the front here and if you want to come speak to someone that would be awesome well, I want to pray for the second group of people those who, who struggle with depression or mental health um, and or, or they know someone who does um, because let, let's all stand together and let's pray together for this because um, you're going to know some people that I don't know and so as, as, we're, as I'm praying why don't we all pray together um, if, if you don't personally but you know someone intercede for them pray for them as we pray um, but yeah but God we, we, we love you and Lord thank you for the truth that we've been able to hear today and to understand thank you God that you see our darkest moments you see where we're at you see where we've been you see where we're going and you love us Jesus we thank you that you died for us but Jesus I believe that you paid the price for sickness and there was healing by your stripes and so Lord right now Lord, we ask that you would heal people here heal people right now Lord would you set captives free would you release the oppressed in this place God Come, Holy Spirit, come and wash over people. Make them new, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit. Come and make people new today. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you for our time together. Thank you that you're here. Thank you that you're good. You are so good. And we pray for our friends, our family who struggle. Your love. May they know your peace and your joy. May they find hope in you, Jesus. So Lord, we give you this time, Lord, as we want to know you more. Thanks for listening in to this one-off episode of the Dan Everett podcast. To keep up to date with all the latest episodes, I'd love it if you're able to subscribe on your podcast player, share it with your friends on social media, or leave a review on iTunes. I'd also love to connect on Instagram and Twitter. My username is at DanEverett90. That's all for now. Talk to you soon.